0: Hey, what up, a- Long Beach? It's awards season. This is part two of our awards show. And our awards got the block jumping like DZG out here. This is the only podcast in the city that covers your local sports, our community, the schools. It's part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post, where we do a lot more than just sports coverage. You can check out some of our stories on education and local business right now at Long Beach Post. But as
1: always, this podcast is brought to you by the562.org. I am JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Cardabasio and everything we do at the562.org is also brought to you by Naples Rib Company.
2: And I am Tyler Hendrickson here once again to remind you that the 562 is a nonprofit news outlet. So the best way to make sure that the 562 is still around for years to come, head to the website, click on the subscribe tab, go to the support page, do what you can to help out local sports coverage All donations made to the562.org are tax deductible. We are so grateful for the support of the community. It is the only reason that we are in business is because of readers and listeners giving their support. So please, if you're not one of them yet and you're able to join the team, we'd love to have you.
0: If you missed it, go back and find the first part of our All-City Awards show, the All-City Awards, something we do every summer honoring the best student-athletes in our local high schools, what they've been able to do on and off the field. Some incredible individual performances that we talked about on part one when we gave an award to each single sport. So a lot of kids' names in there, and this part of it is going to be the superlatives. You all got your high school yearbook, right? Your your middle school yearbook. Everybody gets superlatives. It's the funniest, class clown, or most likely to succeed. So on this, we're going to be doing- Hey,
2: I, w- I just want to quickly interrupt you, JJ. I'm sorry. I know you're, I know you're in the middle of the, the intro here, but I, I was snubbed for class clown my senior year. <laughs> I had a feeling I, like I knew say, that was coming. I can't believe that's a full body of work that I put in. It was a dedicated, consistent effort and actually, I led a campaign. I thought it would be funny to vote for the same person for every award. So I was trying to convince my classmates to vote for me for every single award. Oh, you split I the that vote. Hilarious!
0: You split the vote. You did it to yourself.
2: Well, you know, it's one ballot. It's easier if you only have to write one name. I think my last name was too long. That was the, that was the problem. But how great it would have been if I would have individually won Cutest Couple? You know what I'm saying? So That's said, hilarious. To so, me. just S would have been the winner. <laughs> the winner of everything would have been S. It could have, honestly, I it, it could have worked out. But anyway, <laughs> but you're right. These are special awards that really mean something to people. Here, I am, like 15 years later, still caring about it. <laughs> so, we got to
0: start with freshman of the year. I, I like starting there because it is. The future is very bright, kind of vibes on the on this pod, and uh, and and Mike and Tyler, you guys split the freshman of the year awards this year.
2: Yeah, it's no better place to start than how we started the last episode, and it's with Jason Para in cross country. We talked about how that kicked off the season, and little did we know, were we looking at one of the freshman of the year, the boys freshman of the year for Milliken cross country. Uh, we, we talked about his accomplishments on the last episode, but. But yeah, I mean, just came in and was immediately one of the fastest runners in the league, ended up winning the league championship. And so definitely a bright future um, over for for Millican distance running.
0: I got to say, Jason, very uh, non-freshman-like in his first interview after that first meet, right? That first meet at Millican High School was the first thing we had been to. We also talked about that last week in part one, about how amazing that event was just to be back out covering sports But that kid was a veteran-like poise during his interview because not only is this his first interview, he's talking to me after his first high school meet, he's also got all of his older teammates behind him, razzing him while (laughs) we were doing the interview and he stayed focused, man. I guess that's the sign of a good runner, right? Incredible focus.
2: Yeah, and already thinking about like, oh, I wish I'd run a lower time. I wanted to go under 15, you know, not like, I can't believe it, it's my first varsity race. I'm so excited I won. It was very much like, no, I have a plan, you know, I'm very focused. And you could tell he's a serious competitor just by the way he carried himself after that first varsity win. Yeah, he but was, he was freshman of the year. He was dialed. Oh, 100% dialed in. And Mike, you can talk a little bit about our girls' freshman of the year, a very exciting swimmer in the pool for Wilson.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any question that Sammy Hamilton was the girls' freshman of the year. Uh, as we mentioned on the last episode, she won multiple individual league uh, events, which is a difficult thing to do in Long Beach as a freshman. She's a national recruit already. Um, competitive with some college times and some events and uh, someone we'll be hearing about a lot for the next three years over at Wilson. Well and
2: something that we've been talking about a lot if you've been listening to this podcast kind of segues perfectly into our next award the Spirit of Long Beach Award and we've been singing the praises of the, the winner of, uh, of this award all year. Um, t- what, what more can you say about the work that these uh, individuals have put in Mike you want to break down the Spirit of Long
1: Beach Award? The spirit of Long Beach we give every year to just kind of someone that we feel is inspirational or that kind of represents, you know, a special aspect of the city. It's definitely the award that there's sort of the most variability in terms of who it's awarded to. And this year we went with a big group. We went with athletic administrators here in the city of Long Beach. That's the athletic directors at each of the high schools, as well as more league secretary Lisa Ulmer. I would throw high school superintendent Jay Camarino into that mix as well, uh, alongside the people at the CIF. Basically, everyone who does the grunt work of making sure that these sporting events happen, but um, I especially want to shout out the athletic directors who, you know, they had to find room on one field for like lacrosse, boys and girls, soccer, track and field, um, while factoring in all these COVID regulations and the fact that all these sports seasons happen at the same time.
2: And, and also, while some of those fields were under construction, too, it, not every athletic director had access to their full complement of facilities on top of all these challenges, like you mentioned, with the sports going at the same time. And and so, yeah, they, they juggled so much, including getting buses and referees and making sure that, you know, physicals are taken care of, which was a, an additional super challenge all across the city. So, yeah, props once again to all the ADs and and other administrators that made this thing happen because we saw the benefit for the kids. And it wouldn't have happened without the work that the 80s put in.
0: And that's like a six, seven-day-a-week job that they had to do over that three or four month span. You know, I, I'm walking into Milliken wrestling on a Saturday, and of course, Kevin Marshall is sitting there and I'm looking at him like, Do you do you ever leave? Every time I'm here, people tell us we're around everywhere and they see us everywhere, but Damn, man, they, they were working six, seven days a week for a long time. Uh, so, credit to them. And also, credit to the AD's families. You gotta have understanding families if you're gonna work a crazy job like that. So, uh, shout out to the fams as well for helping them make that stuff happen.
1: Our next award is the Inspirational Story of the Year Award. Um, I think this is something that all three of us, th- this is really a, a year of a lot of inspirational stories, obviously, because everyone went through so much. but. I think all three of us saw sort of something special from that Long Beach Poly football team that was undefeated this year, um, played four games, uh, absolutely dominated their league competition, I believe I scored them. I think it was like 127 to zero. Um, and you might look at that and go, yeah, it's the Long Beach Poly football team. They've been pretty dominant. They haven't lost a game on the field to a local team since 2009. Um, but what we saw, because we're you know we're around these teams all the time, is just how much that team had been through. Um, and I remember after JJ and I had covered their overtime win over Sarah in their first game, we we're talking to Stephen Barbie afterwards, and he basically just kind of put his hand up and he was like, "I I need a minute." And he was just so emotional about um, how many players on the team had lost a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle that they lived with. And um, as he said it, and I think this is what we always see all the time from the kids we cover. He said, uh, this is stuff that would have brought most people to their knees, and most of these kids didn't miss a day of practice. Um, You know, they were there the day that a father had passed away, the day after a a parent's, you know, funeral service, saying, I want to practice, I want to be with my friends, I want to be with my brothers. And um, for them to go through what they went through and then come out and and still play as well as they did, I thought was really special um, and definitely was inspiring to me, uh, as I know it was to all three of us.
2: Well, and, and seeing the Poly football team, you know, with the, you know, the stickers on the back of the helmets all season, you know, for, for, for coach slice, uh, you know, a personal friend of, of all of ours, you know, and someone that, um, has been, and will continue to be greatly missed, um, in, in and around the Poly football program, but also just in and around the Long Beach community. I mean, you know, what a, what a special guy, you know, Keith Thompson was, and, you know, we're just, uh. You know, we miss him. We, we miss him every time we're at poly and not seeing him there. And so sort of having that over the season and knowing that they were doing it for slice, um, as well as, you know, the the, the individuals that had, you know, the kind of the family loss that, that they had to endure on top of that. Um, yeah, it was it, it was special and you know, they didn't think they were gonna get the chance to to come together as a team. And sports can be very cathartic, you know, you can it gives you a purpose, it gives you a sense of camaraderie and, and a focus. Um, You know every week to have that that preparation and then ultimately the game and um, it it was it was really special to see and I I, obviously I wish I could have been there uh, to enjoy that poly Sarah game but the guy the coverage you guys did was unbelievable and we'll we'll remember you know that that poly team for what they went through this year um, for a long time to come for sure.
0: Yeah that whole night was surreal. That, that night when they played Sarah at Cabrillo High School, uh, the, the, the groups all coming together, you know, the groups of families in the stands, the groups of kids on the field, just us as a group showing up to an event for the first time in so long, like it was just surreal because you had wanted it for so long and you couldn't really imagine what it would look like. And then obviously the game and the emotion of the game just absolutely blew away any expectation we could have put on it. Uh, it was special, man, it was special and, uh, and a special way for those kids to get back together and be poly football once again. I'll, I'll never forget that night. Absolutely.
2: Unfortunately, we didn't get to see them go into the playoffs and play for a championship. However, we did get to cover some CIF championships in the city, including one which goes to our boys team of the year, the Wilson boys volleyball team that won a CIF championship. Just like volleyball football, they went undefeated through the regular season, but they got the chance to prove it in the playoffs. And boy, did they, they went through the division three bracket uh, and ultimately were able to win the CIF championship on their home court. The first win in program history of a CIF Southern section championship and to do it without a loss, only dropping three sets the whole time. Uh, I mean, what, what more can you say? I mean, they came out and did it, making some school history and, and a really historic, Season all across Long Beach, so this was not a slam dunk award. I mean, you could definitely point at you know the the comeback that uh, Millican baseball made and their run through the playoffs. Wilson Track won a CIF championship for the first time in 30 years, but you really couldn't have been much more dominant than that volleyball team, right, guys?
1: I just think you you have to say you have to look at it and say there's stuff you could nitpick about um, you know the Millican baseball team not being a league champion. So like that Wilson Boys volleyball team was by far the best team in the city and, um, and also went the furthest, you know, the, the Wilson boys track team did not have the, the opportunity to um, you know, to, to get into the uh, a state meet, but the, the Wilson boys volleyball team, the first high school boys uh, volleyball team to get into the state bracket, it did pull an upset there before just barely losing to mm-hmm. um, you know, the ultimate state champion. So, yeah, I, I thought absolutely a historic team. Um, worthy of of that recognition. And unlike track and baseball, not a sport that Long Beach has had a lot of success in, um, you know, the first ever Wilson, first Morley CIF boys volleyball champion since Jordan did it in the 90s. And
0: we have to say, so close to having a Long Beach final, so close to that match being Long Beach poly, Long
2: Beach Wilson for that championship. Oh, oh, we were points away, guys. That would have been cool, but I guess, you know, Wilson at least took care of business and made sure we had a Long Beach champion. It made it easier for us, you know what I mean? We knew kind of <laughs> what side, you know, we were, uh, we were covering, you know what I mean? It's, it's weird when a championship match is a CIF match,
0: but we would have taken many it. Of those, sure. How many of those did we have? So we had Poly, uh, Long Beach Poly and Millican girls basketball at Walter Pyramid, by the way. We have to mention where that game was because that was super, super special. What was that, Mike, 2009? It was 2008. It was it was
1: on my birthday. Okay. Oh, because <laughs> you actually had a birthday that year. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Uh huh. Oh dang. Is that the Did only we- other one we've had? Um.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're looking at team sports, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to think of another one. We were we've been close. If we've you're looking semi-finals.
1: at if you're looking at bracket sports, we've had semifinals. Yeah. I think no finals. Wrestling, we were close. Were we not one year yeah, to gosh. like a Millikan Lakewood? Yep. But. I don't remember if they actually made it. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that I think you're right. I think that is still the only one. That's crazy. I know,
2: and it's kind of a natural segue
1: into our girls' team of the year. Our girls' team of the year, the Long Beach Poly girls basketball team, uh, eighteen and two this season. Um, by far the most successful of the teams that we've discussed. They they uh, they won both the Southern Section Championship and the State Southern California Regional Championship. So of those bracket sports, they're the only ones who won the last game of the season. Um, they were also in Division One, which is higher than the other teams who won CIF Championships were, with the exception of the Wilson Boys Track Team and the Poly Girls Track Team. Um, and, you know, just an incredible turnaround. We talked a lot, quite a bit about this team. Uh, And we'll continue to, but uh, But
0: Mike, take us back to that first practice, man. I love the story of you going to that first practice for the season preview.
1: I go and listen, I want to be clear that, you know, this is, this is positive. This is friends joking with each other, but I went to the first (laughs) practice and I'm sitting there with Carl Bugs, who's the longtime coach of that team. And I have known Carl since before. Um, He's a close family friend of my wife's dad. Um, So I've known him forever. So I go sit with him. And we're watching practice and I just look at him and go, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. This looks like like what? Like, and he was like, it's, it looks kind of like when we first got here, uh, you know, when they were not a first place team, even in the more league, you know. And so um, he said, I, I always say, you know, you want to be playing your best basketball at the end of the season. But I would say right now, I'm really thinking we'd better be playing a, a lot better basketball by the end of the season than we're playing now. Um, and as it turned out, thanks in part to his daughter, um, thanks to Lily Bugs and Nala Williams and, uh, and Simone Morris, but also to uh, Kalei Gentle and the, the reserve players who really stepped up. They were, and they did go on to win a Division One championship. It's funny because we've seen that team compete for a national championship with seven or eight Division One kids on the roster, and this team felt like they're so far below the highest marks that that program has had. But then, like I said, you look up and and uh, we're all rightfully excited about Milliken baseball winning a D three title, Wilson boys volleyball winning uh, a you know D three title, and the Poly girls basketball team for as far as it felt like they fell, they won the CIF Southern Section Division One championship. Like, <laughs> well, and pretty also, remarkable.
2: and also, their closest game in the Southern Section playoffs was twenty two points. They dominated. <laughs> I mean, you talk about playing your best basketball at the end. Like, we were waiting. We've covered. P- poly girls teams blow teams out in the playoffs right usually for the first couple rounds they're pretty lopsided but eventually they start to tighten up they almost put a 30 ball on esperanza in the championship game so i mean they weren't they didn't just win they cruised through that and then ultimately winning that regional title and uh the closest game in that bracket was 15 points so i mean they made it look light which and and going back to where they started the year truly impressive so yeah, credit, credit to that team pulling it together. Um, we, we mentioned the Millican baseball team before, and it's, it's apropos to bring them back for game of the year. Guys, I had an internal organ removed. It was the only way I was going to miss the scene at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. I mean, talk about it.
0: That's not hyperbole, y'all. Tyler literally <laughs> was
2: under the knife on, on that Friday. so it couldn't
0: make- Don't tell him
1: what organ was removed. It's a HIPAA yeah. violation.
0: Yeah, don't let him know. Oh, right. Uh,
2: don't, yeah, don't ask. I will get my attorney. The, it's in
0: Game that. of the Year, guys. It's Game of the Year, and usually this goes to a contest that we would not forget because of how amazing and incredible it was. Maybe the highlight was great. Maybe the an individual performance made it Game of the Year, something like that. And we had a long discussion as to which would be game of the year this year. And I got to be honest with you. If this championship win for Millican baseball was not at Bull diamond at Blair field after a year of just hard hits on the gut, that is the baseball community here in long beach. I don't think it would have been game of the year. It may have been like moment or something like that, or crowd of the year or something like that, but not game of the year. But because we were at Bull diamond at Blair field, After the year plus that we had seen, the people were in the stands. The crowd was lively. It was obviously majority Millican Rams fans, which we absolutely loved. We were back in press box at Bull Diamond of Blair Field. We were back in the dugouts. We were filming a game at the stadium that the three of us have a long-standing, amazing relationship with. We spent a lot of hours in that press box. We've done a lot of things at that ballpark, and to have it happen there you know, like the CIF Southern Section rolls through and they kind of take over a facility. It it it's kind of like when you come home from college and your parents have turned your old bedroom into like a den, or you know what I mean, or like a movie theater <laughs> or something. Like it's <laughs> it. Still- was <Where's> my Batman <laughs> poster? It's still yours, but it feels a little bit different. Like to share that joy of that ballpark with everyone who was able to be there because it wasn't the only game. There were multiple games there, and then to have Milliken baseball win in the most classic. We are a high school baseball team who knows how to play at Bull dominant Blair field. You're not going to be able to hit the ball out of the ballpark, keep it on the ground, make people play defense, good defense, good pitching, win something to nothing. It was perfect. It was perfect. And that's why it was our game of the year.
2: Yeah. It was everything that went into it. And they also without their ACE throwing, you know, it wasn't like, Oh yeah, their, their guy dominated. They, they didn't throw miles Patton in that game. You know, Cameron Sims, Daniel Murillo, they, they, picked up the slack they were also dominant and also shut teams out when they were pitching in the playoffs too so it was definitely yeah like a team coming together that whole lineup anybody could hurt you and uh yeah it was so much more than just the actual gameplay it was the moment it was the experience it was it was everything to kind of culminate the year too so um that one definitely falls into that category but and I can shout out Uh, my guy, Bob Ramirez, who commented on Facebook that said that was a great, it was a good game, great win, but the second game between Millican and poly baseball was a way better game. And that takes us to our highlight video of the year, that exact game, the poly Millican baseball game, which oddly enough, when you look back on it and you can look back on it with an almost 10 minute highlight video, um, that I, that I put together, that was my apocalypse (laughs) now um that's your deer uh, hunter that's your deer hunter, <laughs> <deer>, bro. <laughs> hey baby i'm i'm proud of those units uh but anyway we've got i mean just a great back and forth game and though polly won that game ultimately won the more league title Milliken used that game as a springboard after losing that game in heartbreaking fashion they won 10 straight games including cif championship and so it's just remarkable to see a high school team not get you know beat down by a heartbreaking loss where they were literally one out away on their home field from beating Polly. And then they ultimately give up, you know, the, the game tying uh, double by Kenny Barn or triple rather by Kenny Barnaby, Barnaby that one hops the fence. And then ultimately they lose it on a series of squeeze bunts and extra innings, but an incredible back and forth game. And both teams kind of feel like winners in a weird way because Milliken got the ring. Polly got the school history with the, with the more league championship and ultimately won that game.
1: We got to move on, but let me ask you two quick questions. Yeah. How much did you pay Bob Ramirez to leave that Facebook comment? Because that was the exact argument you were making when we talked about it. And number two, was it personal funds or is that on the company credit card?
2: You know what? <laughs> Sometimes people out there just happen to agree with you. And it's incredibly refreshing to see it on the internet, much less uh, Facebook. But uh, yeah, I was I was surprised. I don't know Bob personally. I did not pay a single dime. For that totally uh intelligent comment that he left uh, thank uh. you so much and we do encourage have your voice heard and we may talk about it on the podcast we want to know what you guys think too we're not always the smartest guy in the room usually. not always usually but usually. usually but
0: yeah uh all right moving on to our next award it's got to be the big payback we we had a discussion as to what we were going to call this we didn't want to call it revenge of the year It sounded like a, you know, it sounded like- I forgot
1: we were going to do Revenge of the- It
0: it sounded like the name of a Star Wars movie that nobody went to see. Um, (laughs) So we called it the big payback of the year. So cue your James Brown songs out there, everybody. Watch me. Millican Soccer had played, uh, played Jay Sarah like five straight times in the playoffs, uh, losing every time Jay Sarah from Orange County, a classic, we get a bunch of club soccer girls to come to our high school and put together a super team to try to win some CIF championships, which they did. So you got to say it's a good program. It's a quality program. Uh, and Milliken, as we mentioned in part one, we were talking about Courtney Cummings. It, 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 they were just building a program. It was a slow build for Tino Nunez because they were doing it the right way. So they just kept running into Jay Sarah and kept losing to Jay Sarah. One of, one of them in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, it was overtime, just at the death, a crap goal right at the end. And then I got I to gotta say this, Jay Sarah just hung out in front of the goal after they scored. You know, classically, high school games are ended by everybody shaking hands at center field. They just stood there like they were at a family picnic or something. Just like, oh, wow, that game was great, right? Milliken's just standing at the the midfield just waiting for the handshake. So there were a lot of things that made this game this last year once again, Milliken hosting J. Sarah – the first round of the CIF playoffs, that much more angsty, that much more special, that much bigger for this group of Millican Rams. Some of the seniors who of which lost their last game of every single season to the J. Sarah lions, but not this time. And not only was it a win for Millican girls soccer, they thumped them six nil. You guys you're going to have to go a long way to find another division one soccer match. That's six nil, but Milliken just absolutely put it on him with energy and passion and pace and death skill in front of goal. It was everything you could possibly want from a playoff performance from your team and to do it against the team that had been your bugaboo for so long. I mean, as Alyssa Reyes said, after the game, Milliken senior and on her way to play at long beach state she said quote it felt good to get revenge end quote uh, that was pretty much the feeling of the entire day and it was great to be there to see it
1: that was why that's our revenge of the year aka nope. the, nope, big, the payback. big payback we, uh, we, we <laughs> it was the be- truly the best revenge of the year. Uh, we move on to well, our hey, coaches well, of the, the year, best, like the best, or as JJ revenge. would call them, the big coaches.
0: <laughs> the, best re- the best revenge is living well, dude. And I, I think Milligan <laughs> Soccer is living well.
1: So, uh, our coaches of the year, uh, two you know, coaches that, um, we've discussed their teams, uh, a, a little bit already, but uh, Carl Bugs on the, uh, the, girls coach of the year, coach of a girls team of the year. Um, but uh, Carl Bugs and that poly girls basketball team we've discussed, you know, so much of that turnaround, obviously, based on coaching. So very well-deserved uh, recipient there.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, the, the type of guy that you can always put in. If you're ever searching for a coach of the year, you can bet that Carl Bugs did an award-winning job along with uh, his wife and top assistant, uh, Lakeisha Bugs. They've been doing it for a while. And then the Boys team coach of the year <laughs> is uh, Tori Frappwell from Milliken. And uh, we, we got a shout out. I, I know we, we talked about Tori briefly on the last episode, but she was simultaneously coaching the boys and girls tennis teams, which is not supposed to happen. It was just a byproduct of the COVID scheduling. And to, to do all that while also winning the first more league title in 25, since 94, 20, yeah, like over 25 years. And then going on and winning as the top seed, winning a division four CIF championship on campus with the Millican boys tennis team. I mean, tremendous accomplishment. And like I said, the logistical challenges of being a coach of a team in the playoffs and another team competing for a league championship. Very difficult to juggle that. Um, so I think that really encapsulates the difficulty of the year succeeding, even while enduring difficult circumstances. And no one embodies that better than Tori Frappwell did this year. She's also one of those coaches
0: where every time she talks to her player, her player is playing better afterwards. I've, I've noticed that a couple of years running now. Uh, she's not a rah-rah person. You know, she's not yelling from the baseline or, or anything like that. But when she goes to talk to her players, she sits with them. She talks calmly. And every single time they come out of that timeout, a little bit better. So, yeah, Shasta Torrey, Frappal and Carl Bugs. I mean – you really just can't say much about him. And this is what I've always said, Mike. I think I said this in 2008 when they were playing that game against uh, Milliken at Walter Pyramid. This is like Oprah book club stuff, dude. Somebody needs to write a story about Carl Bugs because this guy's story is unbelievable. And then also to have the historic success in basketball of all sports, in California of all states, in where Long Beach Poly is of all places. Carl Bugs, man, like you're
1: right, Tyler. We could give this award to him every single year. Well, shout out Bre, before we move on, because we are running a little short on time. Shout out to John Gonzalez, the legendary Long Beach State baseball coach, for recruiting Carl Bugs from Oakland uh, to come play baseball at Long Beach State. Uh, a fact that I was reminded of uh, Coach Gonzalez passed away recently, and uh, Carl was one of the speakers at his funeral. Um, and I uh, saw some some photos of him with some dirtbags legend. So I was like, oh, that's right. He's part of this other big thing in the city as well.
2: Yeah, Im- impossible to um, to calculate the number of lives that were impacted by, by that guy coming to Long Beach, for sure. Um, we move on to the dual sport athletes of the year, uh, and, and that was even tougher this year than in previous seasons where the sports are more spread out. So if you were playing two sports, you were likely doing it at the same time. And so it was very difficult to, to kind of navigate that. But these two guys uh, did it super well. Kenny Barnaby at long beach poly and Xavier heard uh, from Jordan Barnaby uh, mentioned him earlier, had that uh, game tying triple dramatic triple uh, against Milliken. He was a great center fielder on the baseball team for poly. Also um, one of the co more league uh, offensive players of the year in boys soccer uh, also scored the first goal for poly in their playoff game. So um Kenny had a great year, a tremendous defensive center fielder, and actually hit better than I think a lot of people were anticipating from him.
0: Yeah, if there was a defensive player of the year given out from World League Baseball, it'd be Kenny Barnaby.
2: It would have to be, right? I mean, he was a first team all all um, all league in baseball, but but yeah, if they did a defensive honor, I mean, he was unbelievable in center field. We've got the video highlights to prove it. And then yeah, you, could, X, you
0: could almost you could almost like anticipate him making a play how often in high school sports does a ball get hit to somebody or pass to somebody or they take the ball and you're just like, Oh, here comes a highlight. That's not, it just doesn't happen very often. You know what I mean? It's just not a consistent style. Kenny Barnaby, every time the ball was hit to him, it was like, we better be rolling film on this thing because something awesome's about to happen.
2: Right. No Kung Fu Kenny was going to go get it. Um, it's like uh, the Padres, right? Where they're like, you hit it to the crone zone. Dude, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. His, his arm was barely hanging on by the end of the season. And he threw a guy out in a decisive game to help his team win the league title at Wilson in the first inning. He's like he's like popping ibuprofens and wrapping his elbow
2: to back together, and then just gun somebody at the plate. Unbelievable stuff. That's silly. Shout out to athletic trainers everywhere. Um, yeah, and and for X, our our co dual sport athlete of the year, um, Xavier Heard at Jordan, a legacy uh, at J Town. Uh, really standout performer for them on the offensive and defensive line um, He's where he's going to, to college. He's going to play at Lane College, signed a scholarship there to continue as an offensive lineman. But he was also a terrific performer in track and field, you know, shattered school records, um, placed in uh, CIF in both the shot and the discus uh, also was prom king at jordan so just had one of those special years and uh, contributed in different ways and certainly one of the brightest stars
1: for jordan in this shortened uh, and altered covid-19 year also just a great kid you know one of those guys who just lights up the room i mean we really uh, we 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 love getting to work with x this year um the teamwork award is an award we've never given out before and frankly kind of created for this situation but we felt like it was deserved to recognize Cabrillo High School with the teamwork award, as well as all of the staff and administrators there. Um, Cabrillo High School was home to every single aquatic competition, so every water polo game, every swim meet, and actually like every swim practice because it's the only outdoor facility on a campus. It was also home to the Morley Cross Country Finals. Uh, it was also home to uh, the Poly football team this year. So it just was like very impressive the way they stepped up. Um, As a school community and we're willing to say, um, hey, we wish we were the ones winning all these championships. We wish that we had Wilson's water polo team and Polly's football team, but we want to make sure that our kids and the kids across the city have a chance to compete. Um, And I I was just personally very impressed and moved. I think uh, among even all of those athletic administrators, we just said in some ways they were kind of the unsung heroes for the way they opened their doors.
2: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it, it also, everything ran very smoothly. Um, and and that's not easy to do to put on those types of events and meets and have them going really all day. I mean, <laughs> those water pol- that water polo season was super condensed and there were tons of matches basically like four every day, at least um, going until sometimes nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So um, they were there, they were organized. It was a safe environment. Um, and, and, and they stepped up for the kids and that's what we needed in this moment. So yeah, I think it's definitely a deserved award and, and shouldn't be overlooked. The contribution that, you know, the CSOs, the staff, the administrators put in to, to make this sports season a reality.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of people being involved, but special shout out to Lawrence Duran, who runs the boys' water polo, boys' swimming, and basically the pool over there at Cabrillo. Uh, Because like you said, water polo, very difficult to organize. One of the first things that was back, so he was able to help do that. And then also, Mike, I don't know if you've ever been to one, but I haven't been to a more organized, more league swimming finals than the boys' final this year over there at Cabrillo, when they even had some really weird uh, timing issues where they had to fix it on the fly and make sure that they were able to run all the races when they needed to run them and everything went off and I was in and out of there in huh, pun intended in record time uh and it was Lawrence Duran who was getting uh, his kids all pumped up on the pool deck ready to watch Hank Rivers break another record so like he's yeah. aware of the history he's aware of where his program is and how he's trying to build it and uh and he just did a great job making sure that everybody was able to get in that water So finally, our last one, certainly not least, uh, our comeback of the year. And it's, it's a comeback player of the year, but it's really a comeback of the year because his family and the football program was so involved. It's Lakewood wide receiver Marcel Weinberger, who was diagnosed with cancer in December 2019 it came after a long stretch of not knowing what was wrong with him went to a bunch of doctors they couldn't figure it out finally they figure it out he goes into chemotherapy he has to go through chemo for like six months and after six months of chemo he was back on the football field with his teammates in the summer of 2020 getting ready to try to get back on the football field now obviously you know The spring of 2020 was a crazy time where nobody knew what was going on, but I put this in the article and I find it really interesting. Everybody else felt like the world stopped, but it was kind of like the world paused for Marcel because he was, he was in chemo. He was feeling self-conscious about walking outside with a mask on. And then all of a sudden the entire world was wearing masks and all of a sudden he wasn't falling behind in school anymore. And all of a sudden, he wasn't not going to spring football practice because there was no spring football practice. So it was like the world paused for him. He goes through chemo. His dad, who had been his football coach for his entire life, is like literally in the chemotherapy, um, you know, in the chemo ward at the hospital, having him walk around the area, like doing laps, trying to get his strength back, right? Just sitting up in the chair, standing up in a chair, sitting back down in a chair, like all the little things you take for granted. He had to basically rebuild his body not only to just walk and just be a human being, but like also be able to be strong enough to get back onto the football field. So he does that. Coach Scott Meyer said it was just incredible to see him get back on the field. He's like one of those kids. that's always like really into everything, you know? So his energy being back on the field really lifted his team and his teammates and his coaches and all that stuff. And then he actually did get back dressed out for that first game against Polly played the season, had a couple of catches, a uh, comeback of the year doesn't even be able to, isn't able to explain what, I can't imagine what that feels like to, uh, to literally get back to what you love the most, but have to climb the ladder to be able to do it both physically and mentally. Marcel Weinberger, it's going to be a long time till we hear somebody who was got a comeback of the year like that, because uh, for a second there, and, and he said it, and you can read it in the article that we have at the org right now, he thought it was a death sentence. He heard the word cancer and thought it was over. And then six months later, he's playing football. Unbelievable stuff.
1: All right, that wraps up our second commemorative end-of-year episode, breaking down all of our All-City Awards. Uh, The next times you're going to hear from us, we're going to be not talking about 2020-21. We're going to be talking about 21-22 and all of the stuff coming up this year that we're excited about. We've got great interviews all kinds of other stuff coming up for you this summer and football season guys is four weeks. We're four weeks from the first football game. (laughs) So we're right there. Uh, Please do not forget to support all of our sponsors. We mentioned Naples rib company up top, but don't forget ocean law center. They've been a great sponsor of ours through this pandemic as well. Our thanks to all of them and our thanks to you for rocking with us through what have been a really remarkable couple of years in the history of long beach sports.